0: super talk mississippi media production you're listening to sports talk mississippi on demand presented by pearl river resort escape to choctaw mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming the dancing rabbit golf club and geyser falls water park escape to pearl river resort
1: sports talk mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm richard cross michael borky brian haydad and Brian Scott Rippey, thanks for being with us. The Tate Reeves press conference just concluded. They went about oh, about 50 minutes today. The biggest news today uh, was the announcement that uh, barbershops and salons are going to be able to open with uh, new restrictions in place. Uh, they also, uh, they, I should say the governor, also extended the shelter-at-home order uh, by another couple of weeks, pushing that out to uh, May 25th. So some progress in one area, uh, slow progress in others, and so the uh, stay-at-home order still means uh, no indoor gatherings of more than 10 people, uh, no outside gatherings of more than 20 people, unless, of course, you are at a uh, big store where you go and buy things, in which case it can be hundreds. Sorry, that was, I guess, editorializing just a little bit there. I didn't mean to uh, slip out of reporting <laughs> and right. into
2: editorializing. Uh, c text line. On the, uh, the salon thing a couple days in advance. <laughs> <laughs> if you had known this was yeah. coming so soon, you would have just I've held out a little while longer. They can touch you up at least, though. And there's no fixing this. It's just going to have to grow back out. Hey, could you turn around and let me see
1: the back real quick on the? No, uh, no,
2: I'm uh, I'm going to save that for in-person interactions only. Really, just not going to offer up to see the uh, the crime committed back there. I was just thinking that
1: the uh, people watching at SupertalkTV.com might uh, might get a kick, or, or maybe on the Periscope stream, or at uh, Supertalk's Facebook page, wherever it is that you happen to be watching. Well, that's not up
3: uh, just yet. So, Rippy, if you want to show him in confidence, then uh, oh, now's the time. Huh? Now's the
2: time. Well, one, I bet they would get a kick in two. I don't believe you, so.
3: Oh, you can look. I promise you, it's not up yet.
2: I mean, it's really really not that great of a sight. There are some tiger stripes back there. It It would make bald people feel fortunate, yeah. (laughs) Wait, Borky, have you seen
1: it? (laughs) Yeah, I've seen it. Why does Borky get to see it?
3: Yeah, saw yeah. it was accident. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't on not purpose. fair at all. And
2: that wasn't even the back; that was just a, uh, a spot on the side where things got out of control. Yeah, apparently. he turned I his head even to the side, that the first it, time.
3: and you see the glaring stripe right down the, like right behind one of his ears.
1: If you uh, if you missed it earlier this week, uh, Rippy's girlfriend gave him a haircut. Um she was advocating that she was uh well qualified to do such a thing and then almost immediately after the first bzzz, uh, maybe this wasn't such a good idea but realized there was or at least rippy at that point realized there was really no turning back
2: yeah i uh, i realized that Fair the training process consisted of two youtube videos during the five o'clock hour before i got home so
1: <laughs> Two YouTube videos and three margaritas. Let's cut hair. <laughs> it was uh, it was that, tough. That's an expert in today's world. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We uh, we are glad to have you along. As I was uh, going to tell you, the ceasefire text line is open. We're 601- live now, 8- by the way. Seven nine four three nine five six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. At ceasefire, they're not just saying they care; they're taking action to throw it, th- uh, show it through COVID-19 and every day from free wireless data for educational websites to connecting businesses with the tools to work from home. Learn more at cspire.com slash cares. We had the NFL schedule reveal last night. And so you've got the uh, the tentative schedule. Uh, normally this would be the engraved in stone, put it on your calendar, but uh, because of the times in which we're currently living The tentative schedule for uh, the NFL season. And one thing that's fascinating to me is that CBS, Fox, NBC, and ESPN are all apparently extremely happy with the, uh, the schedule that has been handed to them in terms of broadcast. That almost never happens somebody feels like they're really holding the short end of the stick and for the majority of the time in recent years it's been espn and monday night football who have been kind of left with the uh the short straw that's not the case this year and everybody's happy i i suppose that means uh the folks at the nfl office did a pretty good job in divvying the schedule up yeah i love the monday night football lineup
3: obviously subject to change because some of these teams could end up stinking but uh, by and large, when you look at this Monday Night Football slate versus this time last year's Monday Night Football slate,
1: considerable upgrade. Here's some quotes from executives at the uh, the networks. NBC, we have great teams led by great multi-generational quarterbacks with Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. ESPN, our floor is higher And our ceiling is higher. That's a great combination. CBS, we are the network of the young and exciting quarterback. Fox, with the arrival of Brady in the NFC, you have four, no doubt about it, Hall of Fame quarterbacks playing in the same conference. Everybody's happy. Those are all glowing quotes. The Monday night football schedule that uh, Michael Borky reference. Let's see here. I had it pulled up. I've got it pulled up somewhere. There it is. Here's Monday Night Football. Doubleheader on Week 1. Steelers-Giants in New York. Titans at Broncos. That's not like the the sexiest doubleheader ever, but it's not bad. No, and you get the, the return
3: of Ben Roethlisberger, and then the darling of the playoffs last year, really, before Patrick Mahomes took over and won a Super Bowl. The Titans... And the Broncos, even though Rippy joked yesterday, and it's probably true, potentially low-scoring game, uh, Drew Locke has some weapons in Denver. Uh, So you have a good Titans team, bunch of dudes back going to Denver, has some new young weapons. Drew Locke looked really good at the end of last year. There are worse games to
1: start your football season than those two. I agree with that. Week two is Saints at Raiders. We talked about that at length yesterday, but you're opening a new stadium. Unbelievable storyline. Probably the last season for Drew Brees and likely two pretty good football teams. Maybe one really good and one
3: kind of on the cusp of being good. That game's interesting because of the stadium more so than anything else. But still, I mean, it should be a good enough game, and they're opening the Roomba there in Vegas. Have you seen that thing? It that? looks like a Roomba.
1: It does. It's uh you're 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 right. Um Week three's not bad. Uh Patty Mahomes against uh, Lamar Jackson. Chiefs cool. at Baltimore Ravens in week three. That is
3: appointment television. I know it's not a big NFL state here. We love our college football. That Monday night's appointment television. I don't care who you are.
2: It's crazy that game wasn't flexed last year. It was a twelve o'clock game in Arrowhead. Oh, that's a good point. Forgot but the problem with that the from... ESPN thing is, it looks good on paper. But if you get one or two marquee quarterback injuries, you end up with, you know, I don't know like Steelers, Dolphins, and it's Mason Rudolph against you know FitzMagic and stuff like that. You had that problem big yeah, time when Don't Roger's you
3: shame in. Ryan Fitzpatrick like that? Well, like, they also it's, you...
0: thankfully <laughs> it appears <laughs> they didn't. It appears they didn't push all their chips into the table on some. Team that's never that doesn't make the playoffs like they did with the Browns last year. You know they took the gamble the Browns were going to be good and gave them a bunch of primetime games and it didn't pan out. It, it looks on on paper
2: like that they, they gave the majority of the games to the teams you know are going to be good. They did that the yeah. first year San Francisco signed Jimmy G and then he tore his ACL in the second game and you ended up with Nick Mullins in like seven primetime games.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, you got to do the best you can in putting these things together. Falcons at Green Bay, Lambo always looks good on TV on Monday night, especially in uh, early October. Um, Chargers at Saints, the Dome, pretty appealing on Monday Night Football. Cardinals at Cowboys in Week Six. I like that. It's actually not. That's not bad, is it?
2: No,
0: that's a good matchup.
2: Arizona Arizona'd should be pretty good. Good this year. Watch There'll Dallas be a should be fun good. Six and ten. <laughs> they could they could they, they, can, they can get to the eight and eight world. No, I, no, 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 I'm talking. Uh, yeah, but like realistically, the the Cardinals really will be like a hell of a lot of fun, but they'll probably still be like six and ten ish. The mean, Cardinals and the
0: Falcons are sort of what we were talking about the other day about how the Falcons are could be really good, but they're stuck in a division with three really really good teams. Sort of the same thing with the uh, the Cardinals. I mean, we know the Niners are good, the Seahawks are still good, the Rams I think will bounce back a little bit, and then you have the Cardinals, who are a exciting team. But how good can they be? The quarter yeah, they bad are team team You team. don't want to play. Were, exactly. Yeah,
2: Cardinals were fun last year, and they weren't any good.
0: Yeah. Well, Kyler Murray makes them fun. I mean, so you
1: know. Well, Kyler Murray, but the uh, the addition of um, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. At, at still got Larry receiver, and they get Simmons. You still got Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously the Cowboys are attractive anytime, but to get them in October at home. Dak and Amari Cooper and Zeke and the whole deal. Uh, week 7, Bears at the L.A. Rams. I know that that does a whole lot for you. We'll continue to look at the Monday night football schedule and just kind of all the other uh, layers of the NFL schedule, which was released last night. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. It's time, but it's July. I'm getting paid by the hour. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borke, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. Thanks for being with us. CSpire text line is open to you. That number is 601 879 4395. 601 879 4395. Nine, five. At C Spire, they're not just saying they care. They're taking action to show it through COVID-19 and every day from free wireless data for educational websites to connecting businesses with the tools to work from home. Learn more at cspire.com slash cares. So we were walking through the NFL schedule, the Monday night football schedule in particular, and we got, what, to week eight, which is uh, November 2nd, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New York football Giants. Now, Porky, was it you or was it Rippy? I can't remember. Somebody uh, made the mention yesterday that surely the Giants don't deserve multiple primetime windows, and yet here we are. Multiple home Monday night football (laughs) games for the New York football Giants week one and week eight. Uh, it's just, it's Brady.
3: It's the New York market, and it's Brady. Every game he plays this season, to me, is compelling. I want to watch all of them. All 16, if I can. It's just something about the presumed greatest quarterback to ever live, the six-time Super Bowl winner, somewhere else. It, It just draws me to that team. I am thrilled to watch Tampa Bay football this year, just because of that. And so, I'm fine with, I mean, you could put them in Cincinnati, on a Monday night, I'm still watching just because of the the Brady element.
1: <laughs> Cincinnati on a Monday night, I'd, bucks
2: <laughs> Bengals. Yeah, <laughs> I'd still. You're watch, always going to get a couple New York games. It's just when they're spread across Sunday, Monday, and Thursday night football to the tune of like seven or eight to nine times a year. It's like yeah. we, we really still need this. Yeah. Boy, how how
1: much less interesting are the New England Patriots than they have been for the better part of two decades. Patriots at Jets week nine in uh, some back-to-back weeks in New York City or in East Rutherford, New Jersey, I guess. But you get the point. uh, Same stadium. Pats at Jets.
3: Nothing interesting about that team anymore. Nothing. Nothing.
2: I just dis- oh, so I disagree because you're I gonna have the whole. That, yeah. yeah, I think there. Like, I don't think it's an interest level thing. It's just a. It's gonna be weird not having any expectations. But what Belichick does without Brady for the first time in two decades with a guy he clearly likes and sit him because he hasn't gone and signed anyone to me is gonna be fascinating. What if they trot out and they go nine and seven and ten and six and get a wild card a year after the greatest quarterback of all time left? And what does that say about you, both sides? You mean like I the year gonna, they had Matt Castle? Yeah. yeah, they went eleven. I think they were the last eleven and five team to not make the playoffs that kind of free year. So like, but what does that say about Brady or whatever? Like, that, I don't know. That to me, that'll be fascinating if they don't completely tank. The dueling storylines to me is going to be fascinating.
3: I guess anytime. I meant the roster itself doesn't draw me. I don't think it's going to be a very good well, team. I guess is what I'm. I mean, but
0: beyond Brady last year, what about that roster? Drew you? Any time a a a, pl- a a team loses an iconic player, the next year they're always interesting to watch to me. You know, whenever that whenever that that transition eventually happens, I mean, the Saints are obviously always going to be interesting to me anyway. But when Breeze is finally gone and they're willing to they're going to take that step beyond him, that that makes it even more interesting to me.
1: Week ten, Minnesota Chicago. So you've got the Bears what two times on Monday Night Football? Are the Bears that's Any right. good? Probably not.
3: Uh. No the GM today, of course he has to say this because he's still on his roster, but he said they still believe in Mitch Trubisky. It's a good thing somebody does. I'm sure his mother does also. He's got a girlfriend too, I think,
2: so I'm sure she does too. Foles is going to end up as the starter. That team's too good to be held back by Trubisky.
1: So so you think they are a, a decent football team?
2: Yeah, they have a great defense and an interesting weapons, and I think Nagy's actually a pretty good offensive coordinator. They're just so limited with Trubisky. I mean, they won the division that basically despite Trubisky, you forget, two years ago, and would have won a playoff game if not for the double doink. That's a good point.
1: Uh, week 11, November 23rd, That is that's the Monday after Thanksgiving this year, I think. Does that sound right?
0: Monday oh, before goodness. or Monday
1: after? Anyway,
0: well, it, it should be the Monday, the Monday before, before because if the thirtieth is a Monday, Thanksgiving wouldn't be the next week in December. So yeah, it's or no, yeah, it's got to be the the week the Monday before. Yeah,
1: yeah, Thanksgiving is November twenty sixth. Okay. Okay. So uh, yeah, the Monday before Thanksgiving, Rams at Bucks. I like that.
0: Should be a high powered. Uh, Offensive game,
1: yeah. I mean, what was the um, the Monday night game before Thanksgiving two years ago? It was Rams and Chiefs, Chiefs right? Yeah, you know, it was crazy. The game that Rams, had to be moved Chiefs. out of
2: Mexico City. Yeah,
1: it was in Los Angeles, and it was an absolute track meet, and maybe the most fun Monday night football game to watch in the last decade.
2: Just think how yeah. fun it would have been on that grass in Mexico.
1: Yeah, maybe Ankles not. breaking everywhere. That would have been awesome. Maybe uh, maybe not. So you got that one in week 11. Week 12 is Seahawks-Eagles on the East Coast. Normally would I, I don't know. I'm not – I feel like when you see the Seahawks on Monday Night Football, they're usually at home. I, I don't know why I think that. I just don't normally think of the Seahawks – on the road on Monday night, uh, much less all the way across the country. That could be a fun one. Uh, week 13, Bills at San Francisco. Eh. I
0: mean, the Bills should be on top of the AFC East when we get to that point in the season. So, That's a good point. And you potentially
1: have a couple of division
3: leaders there.
0: Yeah, you should have two division leaders going at it right there
3: took me a second to find it wanted to make sure i got it right but uh, on the seahawks here's a, your stat of the day for you uh last year four wide receivers averaged 20 yards per reception against single coverage aj brown Stephon diggs mike evans and dk metcalf
1: it's almost like that offense should wait never mind <laughs> never mind we don't have to revisit hey, dawson that knox
2: congrats to him for getting his first touchdown since high school always got to throw that in there yeah yeah
1: uh, week 14, Ravens at Browns. Who knows? I mean, Cleveland could be interesting with three weeks remaining in the regular season. They should be. And it, there's no excuse for that roster to not be a playoff team.
0: They're either pushing for the playoffs or they're looking at a new coach again
1: and quarterback.
0: And Do you quarterback know how
1: cold here. it's going to be in Cleveland, Ohio on December Ugh, 14th. Gross. Like a pawnbroker's heart. Mm. Uh, Steelers at Bengals, week 15. I'm sorry, that does nothing for me.
4: Although AFC that would be football. Joe
1: Burrow's Monday Night Football debut. Yeah. Back-to-back
0: presumably. AFC North. I mean, that, that feels like a little weird, right? That Monday Night Football back-to-back is AFC North games.
1: I'd kind of prefer to get Bengals-Browns than uh, either the other. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, Bengals-Browns on Monday Night Football. Well, night I'd night
0: prefer night to get Ravens-Steelers is what I would prefer to get.
1: Yes, I suppose that's uh, that's a good point as well. And then final week of the regular season, December 28th, or I guess the the next to last weekend of the regular season, Buffalo Bills at New England Patriots. That feels like an old-school matchup just without Tom Brady uh, at the quarterback spot. I would prefer that game to be in Buffalo, whatever it is they call it now. It used to be Rich Stadium. What is it, New Era Stadium or some Something corporate name, and just bring Chris Berman out of retirement just to hear him say, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. You know, one of those deals. That'd be great. But instead, it's in New England. Bills might be winning also the division that court. day.
0: Yeah, you are either crowning a new division champion or possibly, going back to what uh, Rippey said. We might be might be having to finally just say, Okay, Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time because he lost Brady and did not bat an eyelash. Well,
2: I mean if he wins what? If he has a winning season. Yeah, I mean if he wins eight to ten games for the next six years, he will be the winningest coach in NFL history. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, you could have three straight frigid weeks of Monday night football to close it out with Cleveland. Yeah, I feel bad Cincinnati, for the announcers. And Boston. Uh, when it's I, I don't know. Whatever, just bundle up, man. You're in a booth; it's not that bad. Put on some layers, put on a coat, put on some gloves. It's all good. Yeah, I promise you, they're not suffering. Maybe chilly, they're not suffering. And you have you noticed? They I, I feel like it was uh, Al Michaels that like led the way on this. When it gets cold, they scrap the whole coat and tie thing. They're oh bundling yeah, bundling up in sweaters and big old heavy coats, which. I guess makes pretty good sense. So that's your Monday night football schedule for uh, 2020. Now let's just uh, let's get this uh, coronavirus gone so we can play it. I like the sound of that. Go away, COVID-19. We've got football to get ready for. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Quick timeout. Be back with you. mississippi with you on this friday afternoon thanks for being with us stay up to date on the latest developments in the state as we deal with the coronavirus outbreak you can follow news mississippi on facebook twitter and on the news mississippi app for apple and android devices just a good way for you to keep up with the news all right so we looked at the saint's schedule yesterday and no surprises last night right as we thought it was going to be it is exactly what we uh, we looked at yesterday. With the evening, to think about it, do you like the setup for the Saints?
3: Hard to complain about it. The first five games, I think, are as, as good as you can ask for. The early bye week kind of sucks, and the three consecutive road games, two of which being in outdoor cold-weather stadiums in December, is not fun. Uh, but you get Mahomes at, at home, uh, you get the 49ers at home, you get Aaron Rodgers at home. Uh, so your most difficult games are all in the dome, presumably. So
1: uh, no complaints here. Rippy, what do you think of the Titans' schedule? I, I know you're a Titans fan, but I mean, just kind of when you you look at that at face value, is there is it favorable?
2: I mean, kind of, I guess. Like, I I I'm obviously opening up at Denver on Monday Night Football is going to be like cool from a fans' perspective, but like as far as like ease, I don't know. I mean. You better take care of a couple home games early on because I mean you start the front uh, the schedule seems pretty brutal to me. I mean, at the Broncos you better take care of the Jacks after that you go at Vikings, Steelers, Bills, Texans. Like that could make or break you pretty early.
1: Yeah, three in a row at home. It feels like the uh, game against Houston is always pretty important. Then they get the open week or the uh, bye week in and- uh, in week seven.
2: Yeah, and only having, like, I mean, by October 18th, week six, half of their home games will have been played. And so, like, that that's a lot of time on the road in the back half of the schedule. And once you go back-to-back back in 9 and 10, pretty, you're on the road the last pretty much the whole last month of the season, season, minus one week. Yeah, so four of the first six games for the Titans are at home.
1: And, I mean, you can do the math. That means six of the last ten are, uh, are on the road. That's a, a tough way to finish, including back-to-back road games at Green Bay in Week 16 and at Houston in Week 17. So that's what it looks like for the uh, Tennessee Titans coming up this year. we got a bunch of Cowboys fans in the area as well. Uh, Dak Prescott and company will open on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. That is... That's pretty salty... For the season opener, Cowboys at Rams, Sunday night football on NBC. Not a bad way for uh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth to start the year. Oh, no.
3: And Rip, you pointed out uh, to me this morning imagine being the Chargers. You don't even get to open up your own stadium first, on top of the stadium looking like the Rams logo by design. So, The other team gets to open it first. They're the priority, and the stadium looks like them. It's just a mystifying move from San Diego to L.A. after the Rams already announced that they were going there.
2: By the way, if you look at the two teams playing the first game in that stadium, it's the least shocking thing at all. I mean, it's the Rams, who Cronky basically financed that whole thing, and then uh, the Cowboys, which Jerry Jones, if you read any of that reporting, basically brokered the entire deal on who was going to L.A. and how they were going to share that stadium, so... uh. I'm gonna guess that's a personal favor or a personal uh kickback that Jerry gets the first game in that building. And on top of you that think-
0: it's, it's the Cowboys, so you're guaranteed a big crowd at, at the opening of the stadium. Now there may be a ton of Cowboy fans there, but they'll <laughs> have
2: a, a big crowd. Jerry B is easily the most powerful guy in the NFL. I mean he basically decided like out of the two uh or out of the three Rams, uh Chargers and uh Raiders, like who was gonna go where and why. Yeah.
1: And I feel like two of the three were right. I mean, the L.A. Rams coming from St. Louis back to L.A. made sense. The Rams are – I mean, that's Los Angeles' team. The Raiders going from Oakland to Vegas, I think that made sense. I I don't know. The Las Vegas Raiders just works for me. It, It just feels like the right fit. But the Chargers in Los Angeles doesn't. I mean, just just nothing about it feels like it makes sense, and I wonder if they're there long term, or if they'll be the franchise that moves again.
0: That, that would we, be see. that would be something to behold—a franchise moving again within you know ten years or whatever of, of the first
2: move. I guess forty-four-year-old ra- Phil Rivers having a home base in London would have been funny.
1: <laughs> it is a uh, yeah that that might have been worth watching. Cowboys get three straight home games earlier early, uh, early kind of like the Titans do. They play uh, Cleveland, New York, and Arizona on October fourth, eleventh, and nineteenth. So like uh, like the Titans, Cowboys will have four of their first six games at home. Then they go back to back at Washington and Philadelphia, and host Pittsburgh before a bye week in Week 10, as kind of you would expect, closing out the regular season with Philadelphia and then against the New York Giants on the road. We'll be back. Hour number two is next at Sports Talk Mississippi. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm as we roll into the 4 o'clock hour on this Friday afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. You can text the show right there. Right now, Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Second time we've done this, and it was so much fun last time, and he's uh, kind of join us again. Malcolm Reed from howtobbqright.com. Malcolm, what's up on a, uh, a wet Friday, but I looked out a second ago, and the sun finally popped out, and we've got some grilling weather tonight.
4: I think you're right, man. The sun's shining here in Hernando, and I'm, I'm ready to fire up the grills myself.
1: All right. So what's going on the uh, what's going on the grill tonight?
4: Well, I've got about thirty pork butts that I've got to cook tonight for a, a special graduation deal that's going on, uh, you know, here close by to us. So uh, it's not, you know, these seniors have really not getting to graduate like normal, and I've got a buddy that's put together something. He's got a daughter that's graduating, and they've kind of got some special permission to spread out and. And have somewhat of a, gra- a graduation celebration tailgate style with a lot of distance between all the families, and I and I and I cooking the pork butts for them. <laughs>
1: well, that's not uh, good for you. We know they're going to be eating well, and uh, certainly, kind of a strange time for all of us. I don't think we talked about this last time. Uh, I was asking you about grills. Uh, and we were talking about the, the ceramic Komodo style grill, so the Green Egg, or, or you know the other variations of that. You talked about how much you liked uh, a Weber. I, I feel like people are kind of either discovering or maybe rediscovering the pellet grill, which is you know got the the small pellets that that kind of feed in and and serve as the uh, well, I mean I guess kind of take the place of the charcoal. What do you think about the pellet grills?
4: Well, I like pellet grills. Uh, And and what I'm seeing is it's a great uh, entry level grill for people that are, they're wanting to get into smoking and cooking over live fire, but they may not be comfortable, you know, actually burning coals and adding wood. So it's, that's the, that's the way I view it. Now, pellet grills are really convenient, man. They're as easy as your stove to operate. You basically put pellets in a hopper. You turn it on and set your temperature just like you do your oven and the grill does the work for you. Uh, you can you can cook any range on them from low and slow, like around 200, 220 degrees, all the way up to 500 degrees on some of them. So you've got a lot of versatility uh, with what you can cook on one of these grills. So uh, I'm pro pellet grills.
1: What about the technology piece that goes along with this? I mean, I, I feel like we've got the technology in, in everything we do, and I know uh, maybe it's the case with other grills as well. I mean, we've had the wireless radio-controlled thermometers forever, but specifically on these pellet grills, where you've got app-based stuff, where you know you you connect it to your home network, and I mean, you could be leaving work and and get the grill started up just via your phone. Is that is that right?
4: Yeah, there's um, I know for a fact Traeger has that capability. You can you can fire it up, monitor it, change temperatures all from the app that they've developed. And there, you know, some of these grills are getting high tech, man. From from being able to always monitor your temp to adjust it with your phone, not having to be there—that's a,
0: you know, that's 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 pretty fancy stuff. Hey, Malcolm, it's Brian. Hey, Dad. Speaking along those lines, I just had a I just ordered a charcoal vortex to come in this weekend. I'm gonna steal one of your uh, recipes for the crispy uh, chicken wings. What, what accessories do you like to use when, when you're grilling beyond just the, the the smokers and all the grills you have out there?
4: Well. You know, you kind of touched on one that's real important to me with that, your, your wireless thermometer. Um, you've got to have a good thermometer to, to cook barbecue the right way, I think. I mean, everything I do is, is to internal temperature, not just time. Uh, and you got to know what that meat is. And that's going to really change your game when you start monitoring your finished temperatures on, on, the, on the food you're cooking. Uh, that Vortex, you're going to love it, man, because it turns a lever into a cooking machine. But the really—I mean—for wings, uh, you can't beat it. It, it makes some really good, crispy grilled wings, and it's just the way the high heat works in the dome of the Weber. So that's one accessory that I love. Um, you know, I've got—I've got another one that, that I don't show too much on videos, but it's called a loop lighter, and it's like this—if uh, it's a high heat blower, if you can imagine that—that that will start mm-hmm. charcoal within two minutes. I mean, you just—it's basically blowing hot air at it. You plug it up to the wall or extension cord. Hey, man, that thing is a beast. You wouldn't want to run it over your foot. I promise you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, those things, those things are fantastic. Do, do you see any? Um, I know you told us last time that you hate lighter fluid. Like, just stay away from lighter fluid by you know whatever means necessary. What about just the old kind of plug in? The I don't even know how you describe it. It's just the the eye that heats up. It's what it's what. In Home Alone, it's what Kevin hung on the door in the basement for Marv to grab and, and burn his hand. You, you know what I'm talking about?
4: I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but you know I've never used one of those. Um, what I've used is just a basic charcoal chimney. Uh, I know you've seen them. Weber makes one, or Kingsford oh, yeah. makes one. They're just a just a. It's like a metal cylinder with a handle on it and a piece of newspaper, some charcoal. That's all you need. 15 minutes, you have got hot coals. Um, I'm usually not that pressed for time. I I do like using that loop lighter. I mainly use it on my competition trailer to fire up my drum cooker because I can put the coals in there and stick it down in the drum, and in just a few minutes i got hot coals. But at home, I always use a charcoal chimney.
1: Malcolm, I'm sure this is a question that you've been asked a hundred times, but walk us through the most basic and most reliable way to do ribs because you have people out there that cook ribs and then you've got people out there, maybe even myself included that are just kind of intimidated by the idea. You know, it's like, I've never done ribs. I don't want to mess them up. I don't know how much hassle it is. So give me the rundown on how to do ribs the right way. uh, And is it simple enough that anybody can try it?
4: It really is. You know, ribs, Ribs are something that I recommend people learn to cook. It's one of the, the easier meats to cook if you follow the simple technique. And the the first thing I'm gonna tell you is get your cooker to two hundred and fifty degrees and hold it there. Now, this three two one method for ribs has been out a long time, but that's at a lower temperature. What I'm gonna tell you is a two two one. And the, I put the ribs on, I season them, I always pull the membrane off the ribs, no matter if I'm cooking baby bats or spare ribs. There's a little thin membrane on the back. Pull that off. Season the ribs really well with your favorite barbecue seasoning. It doesn't matter what it is. Just put a good medium coat on it. And then get them on the grill at 250 with some smoke. You could use uh, pecan, apple, hickory, oak, peach, whatever you like. wood. I I like a combo of a little hickory and a little cherry. Uh, Two hours in that smoke, and then you want to wrap them for two hours. And when I say wrap them, you're going to take the ribs off the grill, tear off some aluminum foil long enough to wrap the ribs up, and just put them in there, add a little bit of apple juice. You could add brown sugar, a little butter if you want, but really they just need a little bit of moisture, like a quarter cup. And that's going to steam and tenderize those ribs. That's what's going to make that tender bite fall off the bone you hear people talk about. And so when you close them up tight like that, you put them back on the grill two more hours, so they've cooked a total of four. And then at that point, you take them off and carefully unwrap them, transfer them back to the grill, and if you want a dry rib, you just dust a little more dry seasoning on top. If you want a wet rib, which is what you know I kind of like too, I brush a little sauce over the top and let that cook on for about another 45 minutes to an hour, and you're done. It's that simple.
1: So about a five-hour process, maybe with prep time five and a half, six hours, but in terms of actual cooking time, two hours, pull them off, wrap them in aluminum foil, add the the moisture, so the apple juice or, or whatever else, wrap them back up two more hours, take them off, unwrap them, back on for 45 minutes to an hour, and they're going to be spectacular.
4: They will they will melt in your mouth. They're, it's a never-fail rib. That works for loin-back or baby-back ribs. It works for spare ribs. It'll even work for the whole spare if you don't trim them down to St. Louis cut. Uh, but it's a real simple technique. And if you you know if you like them not fall off the bone, don't don't leave them on there for that last 45 minutes, just kind of go 30 minutes. But if you want them a little more tender, let them stay on that full hour and they'll be perfect.
1: If you are interested in learning how to cook, if you're trying to come up with some new ideas, if you're looking for recipes, Malcolm's website is howtobbqright.com. howtobbqright.com. Malcolm no, it's gonna be. Uh, is it fun for you to smoke thirty uh, pork butts at once? Is that fun?
4: Oh uh, man, yeah, heck yeah, I love a good challenge. <laughs> no, it's oh, thirty's no problem. My my cooker will actually hold fully loaded. The most I've got on it, ninety six at one time, I'm, so <laughs> I'm only doing about third that. So yeah, this will be a fun cook. Even though it's supposed to be a little cool tonight, uh
1: Yeah, man, may have to. Uh... Put something in you to uh, warm you up along the way. There Malcolm, <laughs> really appreciate your time, my friend.
4: Hey, I appreciate it too, guys. I hope y'all have a wonderful weekend, and thanks for inviting me on the show.
1: Absolutely. That's Malcolm Reed. How to BBQWrite.com. Hey, Dad, I don't guess I knew anything about the Charcoal Vortex. I'm looking at the uh, their website. So yeah. you can either. Use it to direct all the heat to the middle of a kettle grill and then cook on the outside edge. Or you can put it, the the vortex in the middle, spread your charcoal out all the way around it and -hmm. then kind of create like a cooler space in the middle where all the heat's coming from the outside. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's a cool accessory. I'm looking forward to using it this weekend.
1: There you go. So what's, uh, you're doing wings this weekend? Is that what you said? Doing wings and kebabs
0: and some bacon-wrapped jalapenos. Nice. I have been. I don't know why. That's, a friend of mine uh, very close to me put a, a picture up of some bacon-wrapped jalapenos and it just popped into my head. I was like, I, I need to do that this weekend. I think I'm the only one who's going to eat them, but they're going to get made.
1: Yeah. Do uh, you, you stuff the jalapenos with anything? Oh, yeah, some cream cheese, yeah. Very, uh, very good. I'm hungry all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Funny uh, funny how that works. Appreciate Malcolm Reed joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out Favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. You hear me say that all the time, but really, check that website out. It's Favorites.com. You can uh, you can get a quote online, and you can also find uh, an agent who is near you. All 82 counties in the state of Mississippi have local agents, they have local adjusters, so you're dealing with people right here in Mississippi uh, who perhaps you already know, maybe even likely you already know, people that uh, you bump into at the grocery store or you see at the ball fields, maybe it's somebody you go to church with, maybe it's somebody you graduated high school with that uh, that is still in the same uh, general area, but you're dealing with people you know and they're going to take care of you. Uh, you can uh, always count on that with Mississippi Farm Bureau. That's why we tell you to go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Um, Drew Brees and now Philip Rivers have jobs lined up after football. So for Drew Brees, we know that it's uh, it's NBC Sports. Right, NBC, yeah, NBC Sports is in his future. That's right. When Drew Brees finishes playing with the Saints, he's going to transition to NBC. He's going to work uh, in the studio on the Sunday Night Football broadcast, and he's going to do some Notre Dame games. Right then, and, and the idea is they are grooming him eventually to be the replacement for Chris Collinsworth, assuming things go well. But but that's the idea. And now Borky Phillip Rivers has a job when his career ends. What's he going to do? It's going to be a high school
3: football coach. They had a uh, formal announcement today, but he said it's always been a dream of his. Uh, his dad was a high school football coach for a long time, and uh, Philip Rivers has agreed to start coaching high school football in the fall of 2021. So this
1: is it for Philip Rivers.
3: Did we know that already for sure? I mean, it's a one-year contract. The assumption was, uh, yeah, probably so, but... Uh, Rippy pointed out this morning that, I mean, what happens if they go 12-4 and and go to the AFC championship game and lose by a last-second field goal and he's still feeling really good about his body and he didn't get hurt and he thinks he's got more gas in the tank? You think he's really going to hang it up? It's a lot of what-ifs tied into that, but still.
2: Because that roster is designed to be pretty good for a long time. They just need a quarterback.
1: Is he going to be a head coach? Head coach. So, what are they do they do? I mean, his, like, this year's head coach already announced his retirement. Yeah. The article uh, didn't that. really
3: go into detail uh, about the current s- coaching situation, but some guys
2: just sitting there, like, okay, I got one more year, well, I guess. Let's you know, see how but, it goes. He's from that area of Alabama, right? I wonder if it's one of those right. things where this guy announces last year they're handing the baton to Philip Rivers. And- well, it looks like maybe he's already stepped
1: down. So, he, he's from Athens. Uh, Athens, Alabama, I presume. That's right. Uh, And the athletics director, Paul Napstein, Napstein, will be the interim coach. So the AD is going to be the coach this year, and then Rivers is going to take over when his NFL career ends. Obviously a one-year deal to be the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, all-state quarterback for his dad, Steve, at Athens High School, in 1999 before playing at NC State. Uh, the quote from Philip Rivers, this is kind of cool, actually. He said, it's a special day for me and my family, really. I will probably get a little emotional. I had two childhood dreams. One was to play in the NFL, and I'm now going into my 17th season. The other was to be a high school football coach, as my dad was. How blessed am I to be able to live out both of those? So, a pretty cool deal. And I guess... Um, this is not an it-has-to-be-next-year thing, according to the story at AL.com. So what's his timetable for starting his high school coaching career? Here he says, quote, I think it's a one-year-at-a-time one year, at a deal, uh, one year at a time deal. You get to 38 and play as long as I have. I've expressed publicly, and the Colts have said, too, they hope it's for more than one year, but we take it one year at a time. I love playing. When that time does end, you will get the same passion and work ethic at this school and community that
2: I've poured into my entire career. Yeah. I I'd kind of read it as just kind of a whenever thing as well. That's why I always because he going into last off season, like with the whole split up with the with the Chargers thing, like I mean, I think he was on Dan Patrick and back to back questions he asked if he was gonna retire yet, and he said, No, not close and then they asked, Are you gonna t- continue to have kids or stop having kids? And he said, <laughs> No, not close in back-to-back <laughs> question, seriously. So I figured it was a multi-year thing if he wanted it to be, but like, if he gets beat to hell this year and they go 4-12, he at least has that option to kind of walk away into something.
1: Um, so, yeah, the job's going to be there for him whenever he uh, takes it. The athletics director was a football assistant under uh, a couple of legends at McGill-Tulin, which is in the Mobile area. So this is at Fairhope, and it's actually opposite end of the state. I think I guess Athens is in the northern part of Alabama. Fairhope, talking about down in the the southern part. Fairhope, Daphne, uh, Mobile area, all right there together. Um, that's a great area too. So, pretty cool place to live. I would think pretty cool place to retire. Phillip Rivers has made a boatload of money. I would imagine his quality of life can be pretty good Uh, living in Fairhope, Alabama. I'm assuming that he doesn't have to uh, uh, teach Algebra 2 on the side. Uh, uh, Maybe he does. I I don't know. My guess would be that he's going to coach ball and that's it. Um, He's passionate about it. It's a pretty cool thing. (sighs) Poor Key. No, you didn't. St. Michael Catholic High School. He'd
2: be hypocritical.
1: Cl- well, clearly
3: he's Catholic, right? You guys should practice abstinence. Believe me, i know what happens if you don't.
1: <laughs> Just telling you, kids. Just telling you. Hey, look at this. Let me pull up my wallet and show you my family photos. Wait, I've actually got to have three wallets to show all of them to you. (laughs) I'm an NFL quarterback. My bank account reads zero. Don't have kids. He
3: he keeps them on a 100 gig flash drive. (laughs) It's just (laughs) one picture
2: of each kid. Do you remember? Yeah, what was Wallace? that basketball player a couple years ago? Like Josh, it was either Joe. I think it was Josh Smith. It was at the end of his career, so I'm, like he took a pay cut from like five million a year to three and a half with the Clippers, and said it was going to be harder to feed his family, and he got a lot of blowback. But I was like, Phil Rivers might be the only athlete where I would uh, I, I would hear that argument from him.
1: I'm looking. I'm looking at the picture here from the introductory press conference. So Philip Rivers, khakis, just a you know. Nike golf shirt with the school logo on it, belt buckle on his belt and cowboy boots. I'm talking about playing the part two a t in the southern part of the state of Alabama, and it's not fake. I mean this is a guy that wears bolos to his post game press conferences it's uh it's real that works, doesn't it? yeah, he'll be fine, yes. It's a, he's a good trash really talker love. too if you ever want to pull him
3: up on YouTube like it's he's true. really it's good true. at it
0: and you got to think hmm. you know a, a small Catholic school there they can probably recruit players so chance to play for Philip Rivers he might go get some uh, some top talent
3: how old are his kids there's the offense right there that,
0: that was the joke I made it's like his his sons are the starting offensive lineup
3: all we need to know is his political leanings campaign yeah. in the front yard of the Rivers house he win an election.
1: I'll give you one guess on his political I'll give you two <laughs> guesses but your first one doesn't count <laughs> just uh, just just going out on a limb so a uh, pretty cool story there for uh, for Philip Rivers I mean uh, let's talk about another cool story and and we'll only mention this uh, briefly here uh, Doyle uh, a good friend of mine sent me a message and said you want to talk about a good story David Johnson going home yeah. from the hospital. And I had not seen that the news was official. I I talked to uh, someone close to him yesterday uh, that said that there was a chance he was going to go home today, but it could be next week. You know, we've talked with our our good friend JT about the miracle of the fact that he's still alive. Well, we got another example in David Johnson who spent – a pretty significant amount of time on death's doorstep and his family was preparing for him not to be with us anymore and now he's going home from the hospital doesn't mean his road's over or the recovery process is over but certainly a day to rejoice for the Johnson family
2: Last night, the store is buried, You can hear Jump on that
1: life. coconut telegraph Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Some stories were just written for certain people. And this story was written for Brian Haydad. Uh Oh. To Sports Illustrated we go. Jenna West is the author. The Korean baseball organization has demoted a crew of five umpires to the minor leagues after a player criticized their recent performances. The KBO announced the crew that worked Thursday's game between the SK Wyverns and the Hanwa Eagles will be sent to the Futures League on Saturday for, quote, retraining. After the victory for the Eagles, Hanwa outfielder Lee yong Q addressed the umpires' inconsistent calls during a TV interview. Here's his quote. Even though it's only been three games this season, a lot of players are really unhappy with the lack of consistency on ball strike calls. I'd like to ask all the umpires to please be more considerate of the players. We're all very confused with the inconsistent zone. I know the umpires are doing their best out there, but I just hope they should start seeing things from the players' perspective too. The KBO asked players to refrain from publicly criticizing umpires. The Korean Baseball League's 2020 season began earlier this week. Well, we have found our first major difference between professional sports in an Asian country and professional sports in the United States of America. Let's bring this over. What would have happened in Major League Baseball if... Hmm. His name is Angel Hernandez. That's the name you're looking for, right? What would have happened in Major League Baseball if Cody Bellinger uh, had said what was said here publicly?
0: He'd be fined and the... the umpires in question would probably get the World Series.
2: Well, that's what's interesting raise. about this. I guess the umpires over there don't have the same protection from public player criticism as you do in most sports league over here.
0: Which they shouldn't. They're just, they, they, they screw up just like everybody
1: else. You should be allowed to talk about it. This is something about which you are adamant. I am, I am
0: passionate about it, as we we you know we were talking just a moment ago.
1: A hill on which you are willing to die. I will die gladly on this hill. It's not that perfection
3: is expected. It's accountability Correct. when things go Correct. really, really oh, sad. Oh,
1: hold on a second now. Hey, Dad expects perfection.
0: I can live with a missed call if the umpire will come up there and say, you know what, I blew it. Blew that call.
1: Like the guy years ago,
3: what was his name Joyce, uh, who yeah, blew the perfect. He game was trending for- on Twitter the other day
0: for some reason. Hmm. I think that I think that game reaired, oh, and no. people were were talking about it on Twitter. And, and you know he came out afterwards and said, "I totally blew it." I got respect for that guy at least. The ones that hide behind you know Mama's apron are the ones I, I'm not. I don't have any
2: time for. All right, what, what about was that the guy's umpire name that- Armando Galarraga? Isn't that it? That's about all he I did. I believe in the that's bigs. correct.
0: Yeah, yeah. Through an 8 and 2 thirds of a
3: Was it a perfect game? He it was a perfect game and they oh. should retroactively award him one because that dude was brutal. out and Yeah. It
1: I mean, was bang bang at first base that he called him safe. Is that what happened? It, it wasn't, wasn't bang, bang, bang. bang bang. He was out.
0: But the umpire at first called him safe. Called yeah. him safe. And then at, on every replay afterwards they was clearly out.
3: And you could see it on the poor dude's face. He knew. I mean, once he they had to that. start playing again, he knew that he – and, I mean, what was it, either after the game or the next day, he does, he had a press conference where he's he's crying. He said, I, I robbed that kid of, of a perfect game. That, that's what I did. Uh, the next day, he asked the Tigers to have the pitcher uh, come out and deliver the lineup so he could personally apologize to him, and he, and he broke down crying and, like, gave him a hug because he felt that bad – for deliberately blowing a perfect game.
2: Well not we, deliberately.
3: Oh uh, no, not deliberately. Uh, obviously uh unquestionably yeah. robbing mm-hmm. him of a perfect game.
2: If you're an up in that situation, unless it's like a one run game, why not if it's just remotely close, call him out. I don't think anybody if he'd have wrong. Yeah him, this wasn't game seven of the anything. World
0: Series here. It's the regular season well, game between, you know, a couple of
1: non playoff teams. And the other I mean the opposite end of the spectrum on that is You know, home plate umpire, two strikes, last batter of the ball game. I mean, you've seen a home plate umpire call a third strike on a pitch that was 8 to 10 inches off the outside
2: corner. Ring him up! (laughs) Time to (laughs) go home.
1: No hitter. And nobody ever says anything about it. Sometimes I got reservations a game's over, at Ruth's Chris. Less a perfect
2: game on the line? I mean, unless he's just clearly safe and the guy bungles the ball or something at first base, just call him out. Yeah. Yeah. You should be he should be cocked and loaded,
0: ready to braid a punch. So that was clearly before replay.
3: Yes,
1: you yeah. go back and, Is that, that the worst
0: That might have been one of the impetuses of
3: why we got
1: where yeah. we are. Is
3: that the worst call? From an official in sports history.
1: Oh no! Oh no! no. Angel Hernandez close. has made hundreds of calls worse than that. Yeah.
3: Worse yeah. than an obvious out. Are there, out,
1: uh, are there, to, there any said,
3: Cardinal fans listening that want to talk about Don Dinkinger? Uh, but ruining a perfect game on an obvious out is there? There's worse than that.
2: I mean yeah. the 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 infield yeah. fly. Could, the stakes. Oh, that too. The, yeah. The stakes I
0: Perhaps a blown pass interference call that kept the team out of the Super Bowl.
3: That might be worse. But they, at least... I it, was thinking about that one. It, but they still had to, like, there was game to play afterwards. Like, Drew Brees, although his arm was hit, did throw an interception in overtime. This was a perfect game, final out,
2: clearly... I don't know, man. I I mean, it, it negated an individual accomplishment. It didn't decide the outcome of a game. I just don't think it can be the worst unless it robs the unless team. Unless it ruined the game. Loss. Fair enough. Do you agree with this, Spire text
1: line? As big as gambling is, I think referees' personal banking accounts and financials should be readily available to the public. I don't know about that. Ooh. That seems like a
0: a big step. But that I I would say this. That's Let's a bit say of a bridge a, too far. I if think. there's an obviously bad call, you should be able to maybe monitor that guy a little bit. If he shows up next week in a in a new
2: Hummer, maybe you want to question. Him. I don't know. His <laughs> personal bank accounts available to the public does that, does that seem like a good solution. It's like. Okay.
1: Are you going to allow the public to question every single transaction? You just put out the guy's, uh, you know, username and password for his online banking. Yeah. yeah, It's like I
2: want to see his E-Trade numbers too. I mean, look. You, I mean, you can't be monitoring the guy getting two hundred out at an ATM near a gentleman's club downtown or something the day before an assignment. <laughs> like, just what's E and J Entertainment? We don't want that. <laughs> what
1: is the, the line, reference? <laughs> uh, so, what what should be there the you line? Go Wolf of Wall Street. Well done. A rich one. Uh, (laughs) That's a... (laughs) Stop. 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 Yes, yes, that's exactly what it is. T and E. That is exactly what it is. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we do have a concurrent text message with regard to the infield fly in the wild card game between the that's Cardinals a, and the Braves.
2: Yeah. I mean, it I just, saw a YouTube video of that the other day, and like I guess I didn't fully process it in the moment how that's called an infield fly is egregious. It's brutal. Yeah. Yes. I was halfway um, in the outfield.
1: Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, how do you Chris even make Chris compliments that call? to Borky on the. Um, on the music today. Yeah,
3: that's good stuff. That's more uh more a compliment to Richard, not that he's playing it, but
1: this is his day. Jimmy Buffett Fridays. They will what they would will Rippy's at day some be? point what in the my future, day. Be? I don't know. They will at some point in the future give way to Fight Song Friday and I'll happily give that away. Yeah, if you had if know. you if, if there was an like, artist or genre day, what would it be?
0: Well, I gave I gave Borky all those wrestling titantrons, but he's never going to play them. So maybe like Van Halen Day for me would be a good one.
1: Jump!
2: Exactly. I love Van Halen.
0: Rippy gets to day.
2: Mine would have to be like ironic. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about going to a Nickelback concert or something like that and writing about it. Maybe Borky could load up some like Hoobastank or something for one day. Ha! <laughs>
1: Oh, you didn't mean like Alanis <laughs> Morissette. Isn't it ironic? Not that ironic. Hoopa <laughs> Stank day. I'm down. Derek in Columbia wants to know if there's some sipping at work going on today. No. No? Uh, just high on life. Uh, Richard and Wiggins requesting a Ray Stevens day. It's me again, Margaret! Are you naked? Sorry. No Ray Stevens for you. No, a
0: little bit, you know. Ahab the Ahab. That's a that's a fight song for me. Sports
1: song. Oh
2: my God! May I just say to you, it took her three days on the, train.
1: the Deuce and Bears are a scourge on the history of the game of baseball. I don't know if in the history of their game there has been a more embarrassing unprepared apathetic bunch of just bums playing the America's pastime. Two and two to start the year, they may finish the season two and one hundred and forty. One hundred and forty. Not going to win another game this year. Unbelievable. Bunch of bums. Meanwhile, the Lottie Giants appear to be the greatest team in the history of the world. At least you got two thousand twenty Lottie Giants. Giants, Nineteen twenty seven
0: Yankees. Who's better? I can't tell.
1: I don't think the twenty seven Yankees went undefeated, did they?
0: No. Well, so there yeah. you
1: go. I mean, it's pretty clear. Yeah. Your KBO update from uh, earlier today. The previously winless, I'm talking about the basement of the whole stinking league, KT Wiz, pound out 22 hits, score 12 runs. And apparently convinced Dusan to play the game blindfolded, twelve to three. A little bit of a rivalry series happening between uh, Borky and Rippey's teams. The Kaiwoom Heroes stay unde- uh No, no, no. They, that's uh, they lost yesterday. Three, they, they improved to three and one with a five to three win over the Hanwha Eagles. Man, it was a slugfest with Lottie and SK. 9-8, the Giants winning uh, the NC Dinos, 13-5 over the LG Twins. And Samsung got off the Schneid. They knocked off Kia 5-0. Nowhere else can you get this kind of analysis of Korean baseball organization baseball. The KBO, friends. The KBO i got to start a fire. I'm just hoping that hat shows up in time. I can use it as lighter fluid this weekend. Doosan Bears. (laughs) change the name to the Doosan Bums. You can text the show's C Spire text line 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Chris in Oxford says, Hey, Dad, please don't ever quit. You're a trip. Uh, hey, Dad's day on music uh, would be mundane. Maroon Monday, okay. Aww. And then this: the end of the uh, of the long text is hashtag Save the Stage, uh, asking for a little advocacy help here. Nobody, and I do mean nobody, will address the science on acoustic live music at restaurants. Restaurants are getting to open at 50% capacity and following all guidelines, but can't have a couple of folks playing music 30 feet away. Someone asked the governor or allow me to about the science and don't say they can't afford it because some can, and it's their choice. Not one person in the media, not one, has stood up for full-time musicians, not just hobbies. I challenge you or your outlet to hashtag Save the Stage. Seems reasonable that if um, a restaurant wants to have a uh, couple of folks for Sunday brunch up there playing a little live music, as long as they're six feet apart and six feet away from everybody, seems like okay. My, my guess is that the stipulations that you would have to put in where most of the places, music venues, are still in like the bar category, and those aren't being opened yet, and so you'd have to put some pretty narrow guidelines on it just guessing.
3: And I wonder if um restaurants at this point are not willing to even if it's just a person or two uh sacrifice capacity because they can only keep it at 50% for two people that they are giving money to instead of getting money from.
0: That's a that's a good point, Borky. Yeah. That's the
1: spot you could put a a table, you know. I don't know. Yeah. So, anyway. I do like that uh yeah. Place in Oxford that uh, we go a lot on uh, on Sundays after church for lunch. Tallahatchie Gourmet. and They've got uh, kind of a raised stage down on the far end, and um, you got one guy on a saxophone. He kind of sings a little bit and plays a saxophone a little bit. He's great. And then uh, a couple of gentlemen that uh, you know, like a trumpet and a saxophone and a keyboard. Yeah, you know, a little a little easy listening, I like that. So our, our, our friend needs to get back to the stage trying to make a living. There you go. Can't read that one. There's another name, though, for the Dusan Bears. Thanks for the text. We see it. Just not going to read it on the air. Sports Talk <laughs> Mississippi with you. <laughs> Two hours in the books. College football fix coming your way right after the news in just a couple of minutes. Sit tight.
2: I over my head. I'd rather die while I'm living than.
1: Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thank you for being with us on this Friday afternoon. Rolling into the weekend just after 5 o'clock Friday afternoon. This is the time where I would love to tell you welcome to the weekend. I guess I will tell you that. just feels a little bit different, and that's okay. Weekends are going to eventually feel like they're supposed to again, right?
0: I guess, yeah. I was Maybe. thinking about this the other day. That this is the first time in my adult life that I've just had free weekends, outside of like you know that little window between the college World Series ending and uh, and the start of fall practice. Always worked weekends you. my whole life, so it's 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 cool, but at the same time, it's not. If that makes sense, I'd, I'd rather be yeah. I'd rather be going to college baseball, obviously.
1: Sure. Well, that's kind of in my stance on it as well. as I mean, look. I th- I think I will forever. Like there there's a point in my life, maybe a decade or two now where I'll look back on this time and be like that was really cool that I had an entire spring and summer to hang at home and do with my kids and kind of do some different stuff on the weekends. Yeah. Don't want it to be this way forever. Don't need it to be this way forever. I mean, at some point I need to work again. Um <laughs> O- on the weekends, that would be a uh, a good thing. Uh, but I'm pretty thankful for for the uh, the different part of this as well. It uh, has made it pretty cool. C Spire text lines are open to you. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. At C Spire, they're not just saying they care. They're taking action to show it through COVID-19. And every day, from free wireless data for educational websites to connecting businesses with the tools to work from home, learn more at cspire.com slash cares. It is time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. What a great weekend to uh, test drive Uh, An F-150 or maybe the Super Duty or maybe if uh, you want a little smaller truck, you can go with the Ranger. You can test drive all of those at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. They've got deals going on, a chance for you to save some money, maybe get some special financing and get behind the wheel of a Ford, the F-150. We tell you all the time. Best-selling truck in America. That's not an accident when it happens 43 straight years. Check them out at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. It's going to be beautiful tomorrow, beautiful on uh, Sunday afternoon. If they happen to be open on Sunday, uh, where you live, you can, uh, can check them out. Uh, Borky, I'm just going to get out of the way and let you do this. I don't even think I can read the sentence that you wrote. Dan Wilkin wrote a column that I agree with. I'm
3: sorry? <laughs> Dan Wolkin wrote a column that I agree with. I, I, in these whoa. difficult times, people uh, come together. We're coming together. I do love the commercials that are in these uncertain times.
4: All I'll buy them. a product. Like, Can I get I'll a commercial a break?
0: From the first person who's like, hey, I know things suck, but buy our stuff. Yeah. I don't need to hear about the uncertain times. <laughs>
3: in these uncertain times. It's every single one. My wife w- likes to watch the, the Today Show in the morning. There is one entire commercial break where every single ad led with "In these uncertain times, buy a Ford or whatever." And it just it cracked me up so bad.
2: And every single ad. Like, uh, we're all in this together, now. actually, we're not. That's kind of the point. You you can't be around this together or in this. <laughs> we are literally social distancing, bro. Ever heard of it? Yeah, we're not in this together.
3: Back to the point, though. Yeah, Dan Wilkin wrote a column that I agree with. You've seen. A lot of praise recently for the NFL. I think Roger Goodell is the biggest winner in the sports world during this coronavirus deal because their message has been, we're operating as we usually would with tweaks, of course, like the draft was done digitally instead of in Vegas, but we're operating as usual. We're releasing a schedule just like we would. We're scheduled to start on time, and if we don't, we'll fix it, but we're going to start on time, and the message is uniform. College football is the exact opposite. You have stakeholders and athletic directors and coaches and all these people that are saying so many different things that it's glaring that college football is absent of a commissioner. Not like Greg Sankey, the commissioner of one leader. A supreme leader of college football. I think most people in SEC country would agree that Greg Sankey's messaging during this has been good, but he's not the only leader in college football. In Wolkin's column, which... I agreed with he's calling that for a commissioner that oversees just college football because the messaging has been so inconsistent and so erratic and so out of place and nobody there's there's not one person that can take the lead because it's not set up that way and that the sport needs a commissioner and I agree with that completely the NFL has been exceptional through all of this because they have joking aside a strong leader at the top that's navigating the messaging through this. All all the league's teams even got a memo recently that said, if you get asked about the league starting on time, direct them to me. You you don't answer them. I answer them. And that seems authoritarian or whatever, but it's been perfect. And college football needs that too.
1: Yeah. I mean, the argument that college football needs a commissioner has... Been in place for a long time, but you know why Robert uh, Roger Goodell is able to be effective, why he's able to rule with a bit of an iron fist, while he's able, why he's able to hand down punishment with relative immunity. It's because he's been given that power by the owners. So, Roger Goodell is not powerful on his own. He's powerful because the people who sign his paycheck, who employ him, have chosen to make him powerful. Think about all of the people that would have to be willing to cede their power for a college football commissioner. It's a good point. You have athletics directors. You have presidents. You have conference commissioners. All who would have to say the ultimate decision maker obviously with input from us stakeholders but the ultimate decision maker is going to be fill in the blank yeah who 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 that person is i don't know for the sake of this conversation let's just say oliver luck right i mean he's worked at the ncaa and was doing a pretty good job running the league, you know. Pretty, pop. I would think that his would be a name that would be out there if there was a commissioner of college football position open. I'm not saying he should get it, but let's just let's just say it's Oliver Luck. So you would have to have 130 athletics directors, 130 presidents, and like 16 conference commissioners all say that uh, Mr. L- commissioner Luck, whatever your decision is is final. Yeah, we, we know we get to give input, but ultimately you have to make the decision. And so when the fiasco between Florida and LSU tied to the hurricane happens three or four years ago, that doesn't fall... Um, I mean, that, that that is an event where Jeremy Foley and Goofball at LSU, whose name I can't think of. Um, Joe Oliva. Oliva. Joe Oliva. And even Greg Sankey. They don't get to make the call. They'll have input. University presidents may have some input there, but the commissioner of college football is going to say, all right, we can't play in Gainesville. We think it's not safe. We're going to be too taxing on the resources. The game will be played in X at this time, period. Oh, but, Mister, no, there's no more discussion. The decision has been made. That's what's going to happen. So, I mean, the coronavirus pandemic. uh, Commissioner Sankey, what do you think? I'm sorry. I've I've got thoughts on it, but we're all going to rely on Commissioner Lott to, um, you know, give you information on this. And it's a small
3: thing, but instead of the messaging being – and to, to Sankey's credit, I appreciate that he's he's being strong about this, but the messaging from the SEC is, hey, we don't need everybody else. We're going to play. That's what sure. we're going to do. And you have Larry Scott in Pac-12 country. You've had who's,
1: four commissioners yeah. say that and one say, oh, no, we've all got to stick together.
3: Pretty much. It, but there's just so much inconsistency. And you've got somebody Which on the board. Which means all five and, of them, Borky, are doing their job, right? Yeah, absolutely they are. But the mixed messaging is really confusing to people. And you've got yeah. Minnesota saying, ah, oh, we're probably not going to come back and play. And you've got this school saying we are, and this school saying we're not, and this commissioner saying this, and this one that.
1: One Wait, message? Minnesota has, Minnesota's not planning to row the boat this fall? Did that you?
2: was a uh, little bit of a misquote, but it was a Board of Regents guy.
1: Yeah, Board of Regents guy said he doesn't expect
3: them to, which doesn't uh, mean anything. But
2: yeah, yeah, that was on the Feinbaum interview. Right.
3: All different, though. NFL's message has been uniform, and it's Why worked is great. a
1: random Board of Regents member doing an interview? <sighs> Whatever. Sports Talk Mississippi, college football fix. C Spire text line, check
2: Watching out
1: cspire.com slash cspire cares at C Spire. they got a lot going on right now. Uh, including partnerships with UMMC and a whole lot of business tools. You can equip your organization for simple, successful business continuity with a work-from-anywhere toolkit from CSpire Business featuring powerful resources like UC1 and Office 365. Learn more today at cspire.com slash business. So Jason sends a text to us, our good friend in Arizona, beautiful Flagstaff, says, uh, Y'all don't get it yet, huh? Love you guys, all of you, but this isn't over not by a long shot it will be sooner rather than later but still so how do you feel about that the idea that it's not over it's not going to be over for a while we know that though it just
3: i i don't want to sit here for three hours a day and talk about how everything sucks we we know that it's not over that's what it kills me about the the schedule release yesterday, like the Times-Picayune or whatever it is now, with the combination of those two papers, ran a, a cover, and it's it was clever, but it was a play on the schedule. But they put an asterisk next to it because it may not happen. And yeah. it was it was clever, and it looked at, it was really good and well designed and everything. But I just want for one day, uh, sports writers to not add caveats. Like we know that we may not get football this year. You don't have to remind us every single second of every day. We can have one conversation about a schedule. And people were ripping on ESPN for uh, doing, this is a win here, this is a loss here, because it seems a little ridiculous for a season that we may not have, among other reasons. But (laughs) Come on, though. Give Just us. You want them to do exactly. Give exactly. us a day where you don't remind us that everything around us sucks. We know it does. We, we haven't forgotten. Uh, Thirty million people are without jobs. Every time I go out, I have to have a mask on. I know things suck. Just for a day, let me talk about football as if it's going to happen because I know it may not. You don't have to remind me that it won't.
0: Yeah, and and it's 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 going to continue the, the regardless of what happens. So you know, will it be worse one way or the other? I don't know, but I do. Like I said, I think we've been saying it in a few weeks. I think we sort of just reached that point where we got to let people try and start putting their 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 toe in the pool to get things going back to normal as best they can. And you know, we'll see we'll see where it goes. But I mean, I, I don't need to be told it's not over yet. I, I know.
3: Yeah. <sighs>
1: I don't. It's like I don't want to go back to where we've been, the last two days. But I don't feel like anybody is talking enough about this, and this is the fact that, yeah, we're gonna come back. I stand by. I think we're playing
2: full college football season this year, if we have a but, season. <laughs>
3: I I hate you so much. <laughs>
1: We're going to come back, and we're going to play a full season this year. Not 100% sure that it's going to start on time, but whenever it starts, you're going to have some COVID-19 positive cases. You're going to have some people get sick, and we're going to have to deal with it, and we're going to have to deal with it without shutting everything down. And that, I think, is the biggest thing that athletics directors And conference commissioners, and all these people that have got to make difficult decisions. And don't, I mean, there's no doubt there are a bunch of difficult decisions that have to be made. But I think that's the part they're trying to figure out. So when somebody inevitably gets it, or when multiple somebody's inevitably test positive for coronavirus during the season, and they are part of a team, and maybe it's football, but maybe it's soccer. Maybe it's volleyball. You know, I mean, those are sports that are happening in the, the fall as well. When somebody tests positive, as inevitably they are going to do, how do you handle it? What, what's the protocol? What's the procedure? What does that look like? How do you make it work? How do you get them better?
2: Testing itself is huge, and probably the main story you would like. If you're looking to follow one type of story to figure out if and when sports are coming back, that is it, without a doubt.
3: I did see Woj today reported that um, teams in Los Angeles and Florida, uh, two obviously highly populated states, um, are allowed now by the league to test even asymptomatic people, anybody that goes into their facilities because the states have readily available testing to anyone that needs one, therefore they are comfortable enough letting the Orlando Magic, for example, test whoever they want uh, without without any kind of reservation, and that's a big yeah. step forward. That's got to happen in 50 states, but at least that is something that's out there now, is the NBA feels like they are comfortable enough with testing in multiple states that they can give anybody they they need to attest whenever they want to without feeling like they're taking from someone who needs it.
1: Well, I think the quote in Orlando was you can basically go to any clinic you need to and get tested. I mean, if you need to be tested for COVID-19, you just go to a doctor's office or a clinic or a testing site and you're able to get tested. And so, yeah, we've got enough tests. We, We can do it. I mean, do we have enough tests to say, hey, everybody, here's one. uh, No, not here's one. Here's a four-pack for for you and for each of your family members. They're not doing it like that. But if you want or need to get a test in the greater Orlando area, they're available. And because they are, they feel comfortable saying to the Orlando Magic, yeah, you can buy these tests and test your team. And we're not paying them for them for you. Your insurance provider is probably not going to pay for them, but yeah, you can buy the tests. Sure, they are plenty. Um, I feel like it's that way in Mississippi as well. I mean, it, we've got the free testing that's going on through the state health department, and that's what we've been telling you about for weeks now, that is this partnership between C Spire and UMMC using the C Spire Health app you know, to get that free testing um, you know, if you've got symptoms, and I know they've kind of relaxed the criteria. So, so that's one piece. But you've also got medical clinics in towns and cities and communities across the state of Mississippi that have testing capabilities and have had for weeks now. I, I just I, – Borky, maybe it's different in other places, and, and maybe the frustration is the time that it takes to get test results – Because not everybody has like the the immediate turnaround testing capability. I just feel like the whole, I I need to get tested but can't get tested. I think that's overplayed.
3: I haven't seen uh, locally a story about that in a while, uh, quite some time. Maybe it's still going on out there and I'm just missing it. But I haven't, I mean, we have to listen to the governor's press conference every day. I mean, that hasn't been mentioned in a while unless I'm missing no. something, so maybe we are there.
1: Hey, may I change the subject? Go for it. Why is it that... Why is it that guys who make nine figures playing a sport feel the need to immediately go back to work when they retire from the sport?
2: That's a I great guess- question. Well, That's all they've done for their entire lives, and really childhood and adult lives. And often, when like it seems to me, whenever you don't immediately do anything, you have trouble, like you struggle sometimes to find like a purpose. Like I get what you're saying, like immediately is always soon. But most of those guys like are like are wired the way they are for a reason, and that's why they made them great. It's like seems like to me they always want to have something to do except for Cutler. Yeah, Yeah, I was about to say Jay Cutler is perfectly content with doing absolutely nothing. Peyton yeah. Manning hasn't done much. I mean he's you know, he's stepped into some some of his own little oh, projects. I think but, he's
1: done a lot.
0: <laughs> but I mean what has he done? You know, he he's he stayed away from ESPN. He, there have been some offers to get into coaching or to get into the NFL in, in like a GM kind of role. He stayed away from that. He he sort of does his own thing, but he's not he's not working a nine to five or or
1: any kind of job where he's on his own yeah, schedule. He's not true. he's not letting anybody else dictate what he's doing. He he's not president of football operations like John Elway is. And he's yeah. not doing what Tony Romo's doing. So I feel so yes, like he's Brady,
0: when he retires, will be a guy who just, he might really just sort of step away.
1: Yeah. Like he's going to go to award ceremonies and fashion shows and play some Yeah, golf.
0: you'll see him, but it, you won't. he won't be doing much. He'll just be sitting back, you know, enjoying life. I feel like that. I could be wrong. Yeah. He's he's so boring. You know he's he, that you say he's boring but if you follow him on Twitter he, he's 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 sneaky funny you know yeah, no There's, I'm talking about, about when he talks I'm talking oh about yeah when well he's just when all, he talks
1: when he does an interview his interviews are just, he's all locked in we're here to win that's it you know you could learn from Belichick yeah fair enough let I me mean, think of that so so Philip Rivers has lined up a high school football coaching job for when he finishes his NFL career Drew Brees is already Locked up an NFL job, and Tony Romo didn't didn't take long at all before he jumped. And he looks like he's having fun. I mean, I get it. Yeah. And he's making an obscene amount of money to do what he's doing as well. I mean, maybe that's it as well. And I don't know. Maybe once you get used to making twenty or twenty-five million dollars a year, the idea of making nothing is hard to swallow. I, maybe that's it. I'm willing to find out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Take a time out and be back right after this.
4: We are the people our parents warned us about.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm with you on this Friday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. What are you guys going to do this weekend? It's going to be chilly, so, I mean, outdoor activity, not too cold to be outside, but not like Cool weekend, lake weekend. What's on the docket? Let me guess, Borky, you're going to do some yard work. Uh, just a little bit.
3: I've um, really made some progress. I I am getting the uh, the appraiser from when I bought the house to send me the old pictures of the yard and to compare it to now. I can't wait to see the difference.
1: Um, but just, just so you can look at it and be like... Hey. I am so good.
3: If I ever try to sell the house, I might just include that in there. Where it's not like I paid for a replacement. However, I busted my tail for a year to make the yard not look like complete trash. So consider that <laughs> when you make your offer. I don't know if that'll work, but I feel like I just have to it do won't. that.
0: Um, People who work in the lawn business don't work in their lawn in lawns as much as Borky does.
3: I love it, man. It. <laughs> it one, it needed it because it was a, a jungle in the back, but I just enjoy it. It's like my uh, my happy me time, and um, so I do it as much as I can. But I'm going to do that. Uh, father-in-law's birthday was yesterday, and so I'm smoking him some pork shoulder uh, tomorrow and then uh, got Mother's Day plans on Sunday, of course. Just one pork shoulder? not doing 30? Uh, no, not 30. Two uh, six-pounders, though. All
1: right there
3: you go I thought it was twelve go. but it's
1: two sixes so A- A- everyone has uh has taken care of what they need to for Mother's Day
3: oh yes for sure
1: yeah riffy said mother's day When? <laughs> <laughs> he, just grabbed, he just grabbed his phone he's
0: like f t d thought that, that was only even,
2: thought that was only odd years snuck up on <laughs> I me mean.
1: yeah uh yeah yeah so if you've not um, taken care of Mother's Day plans, still got time. It's only Friday. Mother's Day is Sunday. Uh, I wouldn't tarry too much longer, but uh, time to do whatever it is you uh, you need to do. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Um, in terms of the schedule release, what were the other things that, that stood out to you uh, there are some contingency plans in place that make this release kind of work. The NFL says that if there are any um, any weeks that have to be cancelled, they're just going to tack them on to the end of the year.
3: It's smart scheduling. So if October 17th, I'm just throwing out a, a day, um, it's probably not uh, a fall date but either way if the season has to start on that day they're just going to play the games that were supposed to be scheduled that day instead of pushing the season back and they're just going to move the other ones to the back of the schedule that's brilliant
1: yes i i like that and that keeps you from rescheduling everything as opposed to just taking it and be like okay we had to wait a month now let's push everything back you you don't move the portion of the schedule where you've already got plans in place you just take the four weeks or the five weeks at the beginning of the year tack them on to the back of the year uh which would pretty dramatically change what some people's schedules look like i mean ultimately you got to play all the games regardless but that would mean you know for example for the saints instead of getting tom brady and the buccaneers in week one for the first time and week nine for the second time uh, week nine would be like week three or four and then you would get them in week 14 or something along those lines. So, um, the Monday night football highlights, we talked about some of these. Uh, stadium opening in Vegas in week two, which is pretty cool. A couple of MVPs and Pat Mahomes, who uh, won it in 2018, and Lamar Jackson, who won it last year as the Super Bowl champion Chiefs travel to Baltimore in week. Three? Is that what we said? Week three for that game? I think that's right. Yes. Um two Monday night football appearances for Tom Breda. Uh Tom Tom Brady. Tom Breda. And Tom and Breda the, uh, and the Buccaneers. Touchdown Tom Breda. You that has been the, said
3: uh, by a caller on a Boston radio station at some point in the last twenty years.
0: No doubt. At least once.
1: Wild card rematch, right? Uh, with uh, Seahawks and Philadelphia, Seahawks mm-hmm. went to Philly and got the uh, win in the wild card round last year. Uh, Niners Bills. This is one of the things that ESPN highlights December seventh as a uh, a matchup of two teams with Super Bowl aspirations. Now you've got thirty teams that have Super Bowl aspirations. Are the Bills legitimately in that conversation? Not for a Super Bowl, no. But I mean.
3: They're Vegas favorites to win the division tied with New England, but still, I mean they are Could
0: they could they be this year's Titans, a team that you know gets gets makes their little run and gets close?
2: You never know. Defense and quarterback are good enough to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well,
1: in a league that's about quarterbacks and getting to the quarterback, you might be
2: on to something. Right? Sure. I mean, I mean, Trent Dilfer, Joe Flacco. I mean, did Eli twice. Like, oh, don't ways to put win. Eli in the
3: same category. No, as they're not, it. but you Delvar, get it. a cheap shot.
2: <laughs> no, no, but you got my point. Like, quarterback did always that. Really. I thought he did a good there. job there, personally. Well, I mean, they I got that, to Jimmy Garoppolo after well, the right.
1: Super Bowl. Is Garoppolo
3: not good?
2: No, he is good, but like, good. I mean, there were talks of replace, I mean, there were hot takes of replacing him and like, is he the one holding them back, which was kind of laughable? Point being, there's different ways to win it. I'm not saying Eli, Trent, Dilver, and Joe Flacco are the same type of quarterback, but particularly in one of those quarterback runs, it's not like Eli carried them there. Like, he wasn't, he was great. He wasn't bad by any means, but like, I mean, he played his best ways that year there. in the playoffs. What'd you say? He played his best that season in the playoffs. I would agree, but I think particularly in that first one, that defense really took carried them a long way.
1: Yeah, probably onto something there. How about 11 of the 12 teams that went to the playoffs last year will be on Monday Night Football this year? At least That's once. That's good news for Monday Night Football. It is. Uh, I I think it's good news for us as well because, frankly, when Monday Night Football is boring, that stinks. Yeah. Like, who wants to watch – I mean – Cincinnati and Buffalo on Monday night. But not like this Buffalo. Like, Cincinnati and Buffalo when Buffalo was terrible. Like, post-Jim Kelly, Thurman, Thomas Andre Reid, the cycle down before they started coming back up. Nobody wants that. You want good... and, and I honestly think there was a beef between ESPN and the NFL... And it took a long time, and frankly, it took new leadership. It took John Skipper being out and Jimmy Pitaro coming in to really start repairing that relationship. Yeah. And and it took a change from ESPN and the way they were covering things. I don't think the NFL. I think if there's a controversial story that is a sports story surrounding the NFL, I, I think the NFL call, considers that to be fair game. But don't you feel like the the NFL felt like it kind of got burned by one of its broadcast partners in ESPN in the way the Kaepernick-Kneeling social justice stuff was handled?
2: Probably covered. and the ESPN. also probably not wild about paying all that for Monday Night Football and then the cherry on top being usually the worst, well, not usually, pretty much always being the worst playoff game on Saturday. Yeah.
1: But ESPN didn't have any say-so. Like the, it, it's take what you get from the NFL and they weren't going to get a nicer serving of dessert from the NFL until that relationship was repaired. I mean, I genuinely believe that the, that the NFL said, yeah, we'll take your money. We know you got to have it. We're just giving you crap games. And over recent years, that relationship has been repaired they're continuing to work on it. You're not going to see ESPN in the Super Bowl mix yet, because they still don't have their announced team squared Ooh. away. But I think I think they'll eventually get there, get into the rotation for a uh, for a Super Bowl. I, just just a thought. We'll see. Um, also, everybody's week two opponent. So whoever you play in week two, that team has the same open date as you. So if they need to go back and fill something in, they've got like partners that they can do that with. Does that make sense? Yeah. Again, yeah. very smart. I, I, I think it was. I think they took some really proactive measures to give themselves a bunch of outs and a bunch of opportunities
4: to uh, to get it right on this deal.